Good morning, Judith. Good morning, Sonia. Welcome to the Coaches Cup podcast. I am Sonia Green from Sonia Green Coaching. And I'm Judith Fender. I'm one of the coaches at with the NoBS Weight Loss Program. And today, before we get started, we have something fun that we're going to, to do. So listen up. We have been thinking about fun ways that we can increase the number of reviews we have on iTunes. So we could just have some coffee mugs made. How appropriate. (laughs) Yeah. So here's, here's the game, folks. Listen closely. We are going to, we're going to give away two mugs this week for all of the new reviews that we get. And we have some reviews already sitting there and we know how many we have, but But Sonia, how are you going to find How are you going to pick the winners each week? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you put your written review into iTunes and next week on next week's episode, we are going to give the names, the little handles of our two winners. Okay. And then those two winners will email me at my Sonia, S-O-N-Y-A, at SoniaGreenCoaching.com and let me know their addresses. And we're going to ship those mugs to them. Wait. Yeah. So get on iTunes. Give us a five-star review. It doesn't have to be a five-star review. Give us your honest review. If you want to (laughs) win. We will draw randomly. I promise. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. So anyway, we'll, we'll give all those directions again next week for, for our winners, but uh, get on there and give us a review and get a coach's cup mug with our lovely faces on the mug. I cannot believe (laughs) Sonia. She actually, she sent me this. I don't even know. I guess it started out in a text and I was like, nope. I don't know. I don't want our, I don't want, I don't want my picture on a mug, Sonia. People are gonna be drinking coffee with our cheery faces. I was seriously going down that well, we could we could get it engraved on a cup. Yeah. And I was like, we need a new logo that doesn't have faces on it. Shame on you. Gotta be I will now. I'm just being like, wow, wait a minute. Well. We could coach on that, or we could talk about failure. We, yeah. <laughs> and failure tolerance. Right. <laughs> so this week, our topic is failure tolerance. Failure tolerance. And how to build some of it. Right, right. You know, so did we just, did we decide, let's just go here live on this, did, that it was it mistake tolerance or failure tolerance? Cause we actually, when we Googled this, we, we, did we talked all. about both. Tell mm-hmm. me what you see as the difference or is there a difference? I think failure tolerance, which that's, huh, that's a good question. I, can, I think seeing it as a mistake and not failure mm-hmm. increases the the growth mindset and not the fixed mindset because failure implies black and white mistake gives you some wiggle room. Yes. Some growth. How'd I love I that. No, I love that. I love that. A lot of the things, and, and you're probably going to hear us reference 
failure tolerance, because I, I think that's just, that's a lot of the things that I have in my notes, even though I have the title as mistake tolerance. Yeah, that's why I like right away. I was like, what? But yeah, but I think at the end, I think moving toward the idea of mistakes rather than failure is, I think that's going to be one of those, uh, one of our keys at the end. So oh, keep okay. listening and see how we get there, right? <laughs> It's going to be exciting even for us. (laughs) So we were thinking about why. Why are we intolerant to failure? Oh, I know the answer to this. Okay, you go with it, sister. (laughs) Feelings. It's feelings, Sonia. (laughs) We're afraid to feel failure, feel the fear and all that we make it mean. And the shame. The shame. Oh my God. All of all that. <laughs> How, I mean, we, we need to revisit shame, honestly, on a, on a podcast, because that is the feeling that over and over drives some actions that yeah. we don't want. Right. Right. Yeah. Cyclical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but yeah, one of the reasons that we our failure intolerant is because we don't want to feel what it feels like to fail. Right. I had this quote. I know it's going to fit good here. I was that most of us think of ourselves as thinking creatures that feel, but we are feeling creatures that think, right? So if we're, if we're, if we're feeling, if we're afraid of feeling because we operate off of that program, mm-hmm then we're, that's where the fear would feel overwhelming. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to go back. This seems to really fit in because we actually talked about this last week Mm -hmm. and, and I've been thinking about it because in the model, you know, it's thoughts produce our feelings and feelings produce our actions. And I don't think that statement contradicts that progress at all. Mm -hmm. The thing is the feelings take up our our body, our body, 95% in our body and our thoughts, which trigger those feelings, our thoughts come first and trigger them, but they're just these things that exist, you know, in our head kind of rolling around, but the things that they produce the feelings. Yeah. The, the, all the hormones that come with the feeling, the chemical cocktail as Corinne calls it, Mm -hmm. that's what feels so compelling. Yes. Feelings. We can have, we can have the thoughts and that's where people say, you know, well, my good mind, I understand my rational mind, but my feelings. (laughs) Right. So, so I just, I think that's, I love that we brought that up again, because I love having that clarity, Uh, you know, the whole thought, feeling, think, feel, do cycle, think, feel, act cycle. Um, that, that makes it so much clearer to me thinking about the thing we're resisting is that flush of shame or that, oh my gosh, that grabbing of fear, right. And the cycling of the thoughts, you know, that keep creating the feelings that we don't want to feel. But, you know, a big question about why we even have this emotional reaction is I think it's cultural. 100%. Yeah, because um, in fact, we were reading a study, I think you you read the same study about our educational system mm-hmm. and how we teach students to solve for the correct answer. You know, mm-hmm. I, as a professor, I have railed against standardized testing for years. I despise 
the way it trains students to solve for the right answer rather than being exploratory. Mm -hmm. And I, I give my students every year this whole little spiel on the first day about how failure is not what we're, what we're taught to make it. But in Japan, they are taught, like they will be given a math problem, let's say in elementary school. And rather than the teacher standing up at the board and teaching them how to solve it, she'll let everybody try to solve it on their own first Mm -hmm. and then bring them together to discuss the ways that they came up with Mm -hmm. so that it's not even taught as a failure. It's not even taught. We're never taught to feel shame because it's not a mistake. It's curiosity. It's trial and error. Uh, you know, I have in my notes that I written in there is error tolerant. Error tolerance increases yes. participation, exploration, and curiosity. And that sounds the culture that the Japanese and uh, culture creates in the classroom. Yeah, is they create error tolerance. They just it's okay and normalize it. Yeah. And I was thinking, you know, too, in a similar vein, in the with the diet industry, how they teach us how we think, and so many are thinking it's all or nothing. And that, that mentality yeah. that they're getting it wrong, that has to be perfect on your planning, or you have to eat only certain foods. It's that same mindset of mm-hmm. there's a right and wrong way. And yeah. it has you limiting how you see your progress. Yes. Yes. Back to that black and white thinking mm-hmm. it's either right or it's wrong. Mm-hmm. I either lose all my weight right away or or I'm a failure. Yeah, I'm a failure and I need to go try something else. Well, and that led us, we were talking about Carol Dweck earlier, uh, and I don't know how many of you have read her book, Mindset. Mm-hmm. I, I read it, of course, because of my uh, interest in education first, even before I came to life coaching. But I find it so interesting the way she talks about a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. Mm-hmm. And how that applies to failure tolerance, because in her study of students, if they had a fixed mindset, if they thought there is a right or wrong answer, and if I get the wrong answer, then I'm stupid or mm-hmm. I can't learn or I'm a failure. Those students, they come up with ways to get around feeling that feeling mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rather than feel that feeling of failure, they'll, they'll do two things pretty consistently. They'll learn to cheat mm-hmm. or, and, or, cause they may do both. They will find people who do worse than they do and say, well, at least I'm better than that person. Right. Right. And that's that, that's that poison mindset sets in. That's not, you know, that disappointment mindset feels like poison versus growth and that paralysis, that perfectionism. Like if I'm not good enough, then I'm a failure and just that low self-esteem. You know, when we think about integrity and the resilience that being in integrity builds, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, we think about our values, it would have to feel awful to know that you're resorting to cheating. I mean, it's just replacing one drug for another, right? Right. I'm not going to feel failure. I'm going to feel instead. I don't know. I almost think you'd feel, be feeling (laughs) the same feelings if you're a cheater, right? (laughs) Well, I don't know. I'm going to take a minute and pause. I'm thinking about a time I 
sometimes I think when I cheated, I'm going to say it. I copied vocabulary words and stuff in high school and I'm sure a thing or another thing or two, but I think it was an invaluable learning tool when I did cheat. I'm going to advocate okay. for that because the pressure was off and I could, <laughs> well, so I'm just going to say, <laughs> okay. It sounds like you're thinking about a low stakes kind of thing too, right? Well, yeah. Okay. But, but no, I think that's important to differentiate because I hadn't really thought about that. I'm sure that there's low stakes and then high stakes. And yeah. I guess I was thinking about it more in those high stakes kind of moments, but I don't know, maybe not. Yeah. It wasn't like my SAT or anything like yeah, that, yeah. although I could have benefited. <laughs> <laughs> could you? <laughs> Lord have mercy. Because then you yeah. would be, you then you would have placements that were well, we could talk. Yeah, yeah I know. That. Right. It wouldn't anyway. be inaccurate. Like, so did yeah. the cheating help me or not? I don't know. We don't know. I did do really well in the verb part. Math. Yeah. I never yeah. cheated in math either. So there's that. <laughs> well, <laughs> versus, so a fixed mindset compared to a growth mindset, which is what, of course she wants, you know, her whole book is about creating a growth mindset for our children. Right. Because right. that's going to carry through. Uh, it's going to create a a more failure tolerant group of adults, Mm -hmm. uh, if we can teach them this in the beginning, that mistakes, we we just process them, just like we process an emotion. It's right there. Yep. Trial and error. What did I do wrong? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, work to find a conclusion, rather than making a judgment. You know, even as I say this, okay, I was not, I was not capable of doing that in high school. I'm not sure. I'm still wondering if I'm capable of doing this right now as an adult. Mm -hmm. This is such, it is, it sounds so easy as we rattle it off, but it is about taking the time to process through and see and know where you're at in your life and learning to, to have this material is invaluable. That's personally where I found this for myself right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we, we also talked a couple of weeks ago about creating those neurons and after, you know, those Mm -hmm. new, those new grooves in our brain. And after, after a certain age that becomes more difficult to do. And we were raised in an era of, I think more black and white thinking in general. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, it, it totally. And, you know, there is some, there's, I think there, I don't even want to think that it's going to be harder to increase neural, <laughs> neural plasticity when we get older. I, I, um, the more I keep listening, the more I keep hearing that it is just going to be about learning that when we feel the feeling that disappointment is now, it was, uh, Andrew Huberman was talking about disappointment and frustration and how that you know, when we, if, when we feel those feelings that now it's, it's our, um, what do you say? Frustration is learning is where neuroplasticity kicks in with frustration. It's the change and learn process right there. Yeah. And if we just flipped it right there in that moment, feel it and learn, oh, frustration equals learning. What am I learning? And how many times have we talked about when you actually process a feeling, it's really no big deal. I mean, it's not, it's not a big deal. 
it, it's kind of disappointing. I always think about it. It's such a letdown. Because <laughs> <laughs> the story's so good. <laughs> I know. We just, we live in that story and we just soak it up and feel all that negativity and we don't have to. Mm-hmm. We can just let it go. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Moving on. Moving on. So how do you learn to embrace the trial and error? Because, uh, you know, maybe you're lucky and you were, you were raised in an environment where trial and error was uh, encouraged. Awesome. Mm-hmm. If you weren't, then how can we begin to learn to do that? Well, it, I think, and according to the, the research that we did, like owning your mistakes, that when we don't own our mistakes, that perfectionism paralysis mindset can set in and then we can hide and feel devastating. And when we learn to own our mistakes, we um, become more tolerant. And it's just a reminder that we're not perfect and that we have more compassion for others when we own our mistakes. And I came across something where, did you see something about the God complex? Yes. Yes. I would say that was doctors a lot. Yeah. So I thought it was super interesting. Like that's a nice contrast to someone who, who would have a fixed mindset. Yes. Because they would just be so overwhelmed with, it was a TEDx talk about, um, about that, that there's so much information like our caveman ancestors mm-hmm. had basically 300 problems in their day, you know, food and shelter and heat and water. Yeah. Like it was basically, they only had 300 problems to solve in yeah. five minutes and like the modern day brain that it's like over 10 billion things that we could process to solve for solutions and how this God complex could come to be because there are so many variables that they just have to believe that they're right because well, right. Mm-hmm. yeah I mean if when you're in medical school it's impossible right. to look at every body every circumstance every situation so you have to have a rule to follow right there you go yep but that seems to be in conflict with growth mindset yes Mm-hmm. so but at the same time they're experimenting constantly you know so so there's that right practicing yeah. position yes yes <laughs> so what a balance you know I I loved that because I think I think medicine is a great way to look at that at that uh, tension between there has to be a right answer and it's trial and error mm-hmm. <laughs> So, I mean, you know, we as patients don't want to hear that it's trial and error. We Mm -hmm. want to hear that there's an answer out there. Right. Uh, You know, I would love nothing more than a good answer. Yeah. Yeah. Especially about my health. (laughs) Yeah. So owning mistakes and then reframing them. I really like that. Mm. So I have my mistakes into lessons. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because it's all about, we say this all the time, but it really is. It's all about the journey. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm a sports person. We've talked about this before. I love the Phillies baseball because I used to live in Philadelphia and every night there's a game, it is on TV and the kids and I would watch it. And, uh, Ryan Howard was one of our favorite players. He was the first baseman and was an amazing home run hitter. Mm-hmm. You know what else he did all the time other mm-hmm. than hit home runs? Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> 
strikeouts. Yeah. <laughs> he was he struck out more than anybody else on the team. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Why? Because that's what happens when you're when you are up there in the batter's box, in the arena. Yeah, that's the skin in the game. It's so funny because when I think about professional athletes, and and I, I mean no harm in this at all, but when we are surprised when they hit it and get a home run, I'm like, well, they've been practicing all day for the last 40 years of their life. Hello. Yes. <laughs> and, but what if, you know, what if they got up there and they struck out the first 10 times and they threw their bat down and said, oh. well, I'm not playing. I'm going home. I'm done. You know, this makes me think of Todd Herman. He has a book, but he talks about this where athletes who have these winning streaks or these golf players where they have a blunder on national TV and how it impacts yeah. them and how they are shut down and like never come back to the game. And he cited several athletes that had this had happened with, and that's just, I'm sorry, that's a sidebar. No, I think, I think that is the example that we're trying to show here. You can either keep at it and know that if you walk into the arena, you're going to strike out. If Mm. you put it on the line, it's not if (laughs) it's when you're going to strike out. Yeah. But if you can reframe that and say, eh, it was practice, it was another day, tomorrow I'll hit a home run. Yeah. What do you do different next time? Yeah. What'd you learn? What do you got? The same with weight loss. Okay. You got your data. What'd you learn? Yeah. How can you use it next week? What can you do different? Yeah. Now what? I think in some of the rating that I was doing, I think it was Thomas Watson, who was the, the first CEO of IBM. He said, and I, I kind of paraphrased this, but he said, failure isn't the, op- the opposite of success. It's the precursor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I love that we want to see it as the opposite, but it's not, it's just the precursor to success. And that's really, when you think about it, I and mean, I still consider myself in transition into a new job. Mm-hmm. And if I could just lay that in front of me <laughs> every day, <laughs> you know, and what am I learning? What did I learned today? And I'm going to put that in my journal. What did I learned today. <laughs> As we're kind of winding it down, we wanted to leave you with some ways that you can reframe or assess your failures. When you have a failure that comes up and you will, if you're trying anything, that's the other thing that we didn't, I guess we didn't say. There are people who don't experience failure. Mm, Wait a minute. (laughs) Who's that? The people who never try to do anything. Oh, right. Yeah. Dead people's (laughs) goals. Exactly. You have to be pushing your boundaries to find them. And if you're pushing your boundaries, if you're growing, you're failing. Yeah. It's like this whole parenting thing, thinking you're going to get it all right. Oh my goodness. Yeah. If we have any young moms or or dads out there listening to us, let, let the voices of experience tell you right now, you're going to get lots of practice and failing. It's just the way it works. It is. Emory's kindergarten teacher gifted me Miss Carol, if you're ever listening to this, thank you. She said, I was all uptight at the first meeting. You know, I just want to get it right. And she <laughs> said, oh, honey, you cannot have children and think they're not going to have their, their baggage. I tell my kids that they can either take the money and spend it on therapy or something else. I don't know. But I just thought, oh my gosh, she just gifted me with, yeah, you're not going to get it right. <laughs> you're going to make mistakes. It's going to be okay. Yeah. 
And I, it was just like the best gift ever. That is because it is so high stakes, especially in those early years, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully by the, by the time they're teenagers, we've kind of thrown off a little bit of that. <laughs> the first that. one, the firstborn, right? Oh <laughs> the yeah. One, it's That's a little truth. different. Our eight year old. Six kids later, all right, you're old, bless his heart. We're all about, yeah, there's going to be some things that just, that just happen. In fact, the other day he is, he's in a running club at school mm-hmm. and we were coming home. It was the second they they run once a week. They run like a mile and build up to two miles. Wow. And he, he wanted to do this, which surprised me because he's not really, <laughs> he likes to sit and game. Like mm-hmm. his br- big brothers. And so he wanted to do this. And I was like, yeah, that's awesome. And so he came home the other day from the second week of doing this. And he said, mama, I'm, I'm in the last, I'm the slowest runner mm. in the running club. He goes, I'm even slower than the teacher. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, honey, this is new to you. Mm-hmm. You, you haven't been running before. And if you want, we'll go out and practice during the week and you can build up your muscles and mm-hmm. you'll get faster. I said, but either way, you're not going to be the best at everything you do. Mm, good advice, mama. And I, I finished this whole little thing and he goes, mama, that was a really good speech. You guys. <laughs> he has to be the smartest eight-year-old I have ever. Is he eight yet? He's eight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So that's a really good speech. <laughs> so maybe six kids later, I'm starting to learn something about parenting. I have this thought at, when I was a new runner a couple of years back, hearing about races that celebrate the last runner. Oh, I love and that. And I'm like, who like that? My heart just burst open in a thousand pieces when I heard that, because that is really who, when you're a runner, that is who you're cheering for. Like, mm-hmm. is that person? who is coming in last because, you know, one, nobody wants to be last and two, they're out there busting their chops to get it done. They were brave enough to get out there and get in the ring and show up. And that's what I'm thinking about him. Like, let's have a party for that last finisher. He's still laughing everybody on the couch, right? Right. 100%. So yeah. Anyway. So we thought we would leave you with four questions that you can use when you're feeling down on yourself about interrogating your failures. Interrogation of the failure. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you're cracking me up. Okay. <laughs> you want to give us the first one? First one. Were you giving it your all or were you half-assing it? Yeah. yeah. Let's, were you? And that's a, that's really an introspective prep question because how many on weight loss were you really giving it your all? Or how many times did you just give in to the, okay, this time it'll be all right. A little won't hurt. I, I just want it, you know? Oh, we, we do that all the time. And then, you know, we were surprised at the outcome. Oh, I failed. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you didn't, maybe you just need to look at it. Were you really giving it your all? If you were, mm-hmm. then it's time to switch it up. If you weren't, then let's be honest with that, which leads us to the second point. Are you open to critique about your process, whatever this goal is, whatever mm-hmm. you think you failed at, or are you feeling a little defensive? This, <laughs> tell me more about this one, Sonia. We had a little pre-gaming and I was a little sensitive. <laughs> 
Because you're human, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When we are not being honest with ourselves, the best, the easiest way to know what our brain is up to is when we start feeling defensive, start mm-hmm. putting up that wall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know a human being who doesn't do that. Yeah. So if you're feeling defensive about it, then just stop, stop for a minute and interrogate that. Why am I feeling defensive? Mm. Probably you weren't being honest with yourself mm-hmm. about giving it your all. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Let's just move into integrity. Yep. <laughs> Love that. Best place to be. It is. Process it is. the feeling that goes with it. You're going to be disappointed at how easily it kind of goes away. <laughs> <laughs> and then regroup and try something else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And number three, were you realistic with your goal? This is super important too. It's just asking yourself that question gives you a moment to, to pause. And again, it's another learning opportunity. Did you set a, an unrealistic weight loss goal? Did you set an unrealistic goal for how long you thought you could personally develop for a week that you were working extra hours? <laughs> or <laughs> I've been working on this thought all week. Why haven't I changed? Right. <laughs> Oh, I get that way all the time. (laughs) It's been a week. Um, Yeah. Did you set a realistic goal? Now ask yourself, checking in and and what would be realistic? Somewhere between nothing and what you accomplished the week before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I love Brooke's take on this. She says, if you don't, you know, meet your goal, don't drop the goal, extend the timeline. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. That's right. Because you only, it's, it hangs up in my workout gym. You only fail when you stop trying. Yeah. Fail when you quit. Yeah. If, if it's a goal that you have and you wanted it to take two months and it takes two years, you know, the question to ask yourself is where would you be two years from now? If you just quit, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we get hung up on time and that doesn't mean to, you know, just throw away our time with doing it halfway. We want to give it our all. We want to own it and be in integrity with ourselves. But if we are, does it really matter how long it takes to get there? Mm-mm. We're going to be better on the other end. Came across a quote. I'm not sure if it's timely, but I love it. In Ulysses, James Joyce calls it errors are portals of discovery. <laughs> like, there you go. How they cool are. is that? This yeah. is my portal for discovery. Yeah. Huh. I want to get in my little portal pack and go. <laughs> <laughs> when, when Josh was little, he was in swim lessons and there was this little boy in the pool with him. And, you know, I don't know, they, they were probably around the age of five or six. And this one kid takes his hand and he said, he does something about the portal. He says something, you know, speaking like, I don't know if it was Pokemon language or whatever. Uh-huh. Josh got so excited. He said, he speaks my language. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> how you know your people that's your people (laughs) yeah i love that so the last question is are you making the same mistakes Mm. over and over again girl let me tell you yeah that is so important i i I probably shouldn't say too much but i I see this often we have a thing in the um in the no bs weight loss program where we check ourselves when we Mm -hmm. what we learn when we eat off plan 
Mm-hmm. And it's called a discovery worksheet. And the, the process is not just people say, well, I just keep doing the same thing over and over. <laughs> like, well, this is where we learn. This is, yes. this is where we learn. Yes. Why are you doing this? Let's dig a little deeper. Yeah. And that's that I have talked before about how I learned that I was coming in on Thursday evenings and just not, not having a binge, but overeating consistently on Thursday evenings. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If I had discovered that and then never interrogated and addressed it, then I would still be doing that. But I caught on to myself and I tried lots of different ways. And let me tell you, folks, that's been two, about two years ago, roughly. I don't know exactly, but roughly two years ago that I discovered that. And I still am on to myself on Thursday afternoons when I come home. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm still trying things mm. to not overeat because my brain says you survived the week. <laughs> wow. That's it's- a thought. I know it is. But a it's fun. also it, a fact. <laughs> well, no, because I, I work from home on Friday. So oh, okay. Friday. <laughs> but I'm, you know, th- there was this thing that oh, well, I'm home. I can let my hair down, and you know, if I if I had known that about myself and still kept doing it, you don't get a pass for that. That's not trial and error. That's error and error. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the systematic plan that you have in place it is fine if you have a plan in place and then you fail Mm -hmm. that's awesome you have figured something out about yourself but if you keep doing the same thing over and over again that's not going to work for you that's not moving forward I came across a quote I I have not read the book by Pema Chodron about failing Uh uh-huh But the quote, failing better means that failure becomes a rich and fertile ground instead of just another slap in the face. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Because that's how it feels, right? I I know. I saw that. I was like, holy, there you go. We are conditioned to believe that it's a slap in the face. It means you're not good enough. Mm -hmm. And it does not. It's a what? Fertile? A fertile, fertile ground mm-hmm. and a portal and a portal. Yeah, right. I mean, doesn't that, oh, it just sounds magical. It already sounds better. It does. It <laughs> does. So failure is your key to the magic land, right? Here's where you portal. can grow Here's things. Yes. Here's an opening in your portal. Take it. Yes. I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right, folks. That's how you start to tolerate failure. Yeah. Teach, teach your children, teach your grandchildren, teach yourself. <laughs> it's all in how you look at it. Yeah. It really and is. what you learn from it. And you know, it's so much better to look at it and learn than to keep spinning the story and spinning the story and making it mean something about you. Look at your process. Oh, where can you learn to process the emotion, process the thinking, look for your, I think we've called it several things, but it's creating a growth mindset. It's pushing our boundaries. Yeah. And and here's another rough draft thinking. Mm, Yeah. Thought of everything we did as just a rough draft and we didn't have to get it perfect. Holy cow. Rough draft living. There's our, where's the podcast for us right there. Uh, uh, Yeah. And I mean, (laughs) as a writing professor, I teach this all the time to revise a revision. I mean, if you take that word apart, it's a re-seeing. 
mm-hmm. of the process. Mm. If we re-see our mistake or our failure, mm. how does that change what we get from it? Mm. It's rich, fertile ground. For it is. Fertile, portal, portal magic. There you go. So if you are making these kinds of mistakes, start interrogating. Let's move forward and I'll jump into some big failures this week. What am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> jump into your failure. Failing, failing forward. Yep. yep. All in. There you go. Because the other is the uh, failing ahead of time. Yeah. Mm. Yes. And we don't want to do that. That means giving up before you even get started. All right. If you are a fan of this okay. podcast, like we are. And you want a coffee cup. Yeah, if you want a coach's cup from the coach's cup, right, then go to iTunes, give us a quick review, and we'll be drawing two winners next week. We'll say on the episode our two winners, and we will send you a coffee mug and you can have your coffee out of out of a coach's cup coffee mug while you're listening to us. But now, it does need to be on iTunes, just so I'm clear. Yes. yes. All right. It does All need right. to be on iTunes. That's that's the place that, that we'll be checking and, and looking. And later on we may be able to expand that too. So we'll 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 check into that. Okay. Also, if you want to share this with a friend, push that little share button, send it to them. Maybe they will help to maybe it'll <laughs> help them expand their failure tolerance. Like you could send this as a portal right send this forward through the portal <laughs> that's right through the interwebs portal the portals that's what I was thinking the portals of the internet uh-huh. <laughs> yeah if you're looking for a coach I would love to coach you on mm. failure on your big goals on all the things and you can find me at soniagreencoaching.com and you can find me with a no BS weight loss program. And I would coach you on just like Sonia on and anything in between, whatever, what comes up is what we coach. Yep. All right. We'll see you next week, folks. Bye.